Welcome to this episode of Product Bits, a sub 20 minute show about product management and building digital products. Because you don't have the time and I'm lazy. I'm your host, Jordan Wilkerson. Today, what we're going to be discussing is the allure of product management and the reality of the job, as well as some key areas of focus for both new and veteran PMs to hone in on to make the job less painful uh, day to day. So product management is often seen as this quote-unquote sexy job. The title sounds impressive. It's a role that is essentially uh, something that's needed in almost every company nowadays. Uh, But as with any job, there's a lot more to it than one might believe, particularly if you're an outsider or you're new to the industry. So let's talk about what exactly the job is at the core, and then let's talk about some of the, the harsh realities of it, okay? So generally speaking, Product management is, in essence, the process of bringing a product to market, from conception to pushing it out the door. And product managers are then responsible for identifying a target market, uh, creating a product roadmap, and then working with cross-functional teams to bring that product to life, to bring that idea into something that users are going to use and pay for. So this includes some core things like defining features, working with design and development, working with sales and marketing, etc. And that sounds really cool, right? Especially to non-technical people who still want to be involved in tech, right? It's like this barrier is now removed for people like that to get involved. But I think the truth is out there in that many people who feel like they don't like to code or they're not good at design or they aren't a hardware engineer or whatever, but they love technology. Well, what roles are there for them? Well, you've got marketing, you've got general business, and you also have product roles. That's the reality, okay? But the thing is, and I talked about this in episode one a little bit, just because you get into a role like this and you aren't the one committing code or developing a marketing campaign or generating data pipelines, etc., you are someone who's going to have to work very, very closely to all of the people that are doing those things. And so while it might seem like you're being hired to be sort of just this abstract kind of like conductor of a role, um, which in essence PMs, I guess, are, what gets lost on people outside of the role is that there's a ton of other kinds of technical aspects that you have to understand in order to do that conductor role effectively, right? What that really means is that if we're going to continue with this metaphor of being a conductor and your your cross-functional teams are the orchestra, uh, in order to do that effectively, you don't get to conduct from the front of the room. And I feel like a lot of courses and programs and whatever, uh, universities even, are pitching that that's exactly what this role is, that you're a conductor at the front of the room and all of these people who spent years and years and years refining their own specific skill sets, you're, you're putting them all together and you're orchestrating them, right? But you don't get the luxury of doing that from the front of the room in, in the real world. You have to get into the mosh pit and try to do it from there. And well, I don't think I've ever been to a classical music concert with a pit yet. Um, I'm hoping that that will exist at some point in my in, in the future. Uh, now, anecdotally, in my experience, 
the core functions that we just talked about, about bringing uh, ideas from conception to market, that doesn't change company to company or really industry to industry. But what does get very difficult to deal with is the ambiguity of just how the role gets implemented and further how much control and sway the product organization, once it's implemented, actually has company to company or even organization to organization within a given company. Varying roles in play, differing organizational structures, leadership issues, etc. All of these things impact a product manager's ability to get their job done. But yet, as a PM, you are still ultimately accountable, uh, regardless of the hurdles and hoops you have to get through. And if it sounds like a lot of dealing with muck and mire and wading through all of that, just to execute those core responsibilities of the role, it's because it is. There is a lot of that. And going through that presents us with a lot of key challenges to overcome. But don't think for one second that it's all fun or easy to do, because just by the nature of the job, you have a wide variety of, of personal issues that you have to end up dealing with because of the accountability and because of the ability for you to execute uh, could be uh, impeded, right? And the biggest one I feel is that when you get into a PM role, you immediately feel pressure to deliver results. Because again, PMs are often held accountable for the success or failure of a product. And if that statement alone causes a small pang of anxiety, you're not wrong. But you also have to consider that in the real world, you must also add to that fact that you are accountable uh, for the success or failure of a product that most of the factors that would contribute to the success or failure of your product are outside of your control. We cannot control, as an example, how sales teams ultimately pitch our products and convey the value proposition of them. We ultimately can't control or at least override most C-level decisions. We can't prevent random customer commits being promised to current and prospective customers. We can't always ensure that development teams are building things in a smart, extensible, and stable way, etc. And all of those tasks can make or break whether or not a product is a success or even a perceived success. And so on top of our execution of our core tasks, we must also attempt to be involved with all of those organizations and, and, and roles and their efforts to try to minimize risk, ultimately. So product managers also have to consistently balance a lot of competing priorities and the demands of multiple stakeholder groups. A lot of the time, those priorities, they don't have data to back them up. And as much as we all like to say, well, we're data-driven, that's not always the case. Uh, sometimes it isn't just a matter of understanding product capabilities and how your users are using those capabilities. It also becomes key to understand the goals and agendas of individuals and cohorts of stakeholders inside and outside of your company. Um, it becomes like a proverbial cat and mouse game fueled by qualitative data with the goal of determining what value each priority that is being bubbled up to you actually brings to the table and the ability to weigh those options generally and also against one another 
and also against your own personal priorities or the priorities of your product organization. And so if all of this sounds a bit chaotic and stressful, I say again that the reason it sounds chaotic and stressful is because it is. The job of a PM is by no means straightforward. The, the best term I can give it is ambiguous. So when I talk with students or people new to the industry and they think it's like, you know, being Steve Jobs and coming up with ideas and letting them land and then ascending once again to idea land uh, to come up with more ideas and, and come back down and grace everyone with your, your brilliant ideas, um, then I know that we've done a disservice on selling what this gig actually is. And it is for all of the above reasons that I don't feel there is really a such thing as an entry-level PM role. That is to say that I don't think you can come straight out of school, as an example, and be an effective PM. Notice that I'm not saying that you can't get into a PM role early in your career. I'm saying that I personally don't feel that you can be super effective as a PM by doing that. Now, you can certainly come in from another field with no direct experience as a PM and be successful, but not without other experience generally behind you in your career, if that makes sense. I feel like there is a ton of development and soft skills that are required, even political savvy uh, in some cases, that you need to develop over time. And that also includes sort of your way of framing problems that we mentioned in the, in the first two episodes to make you effective. This, to me, is one of the reasons why you see so many posts around product management about burnout or disillusionment or becoming jaded about the role over time is because you have people that are interacting with or they are themselves uh, PMs that have been thrown into, into the pit without proper understanding of what the role actually means. Uh, and likewise, for those that, you know, say PM is, uh, as a function is useless, uh, a lot of the time it's because they're interacting with people that are, that are not effective. And they have those experiences that they just seem to carry with them. And while that's a whole other topic, I think that one of the reasons is because we largely, as an industry, have done a disservice on explaining how stressful, chaotic, and crazy this actually is. It is not a sexy job. It's just not. So why did I make a podcast about this? What can we learn from everything that I just said? Well, again, I think it comes down to educating people who are interested in what PMs do. Uh, maybe they're interested in getting into the field. Uh, so, and, and I feel that before you get into the field, you should be well informed about what this job is and what it isn't. So if you come in thinking like, oh, I'm going to be Steve Jobs, Great, that's a good ambition to have, but that's not the job, right? Even Steve Jobs wasn't Steve Jobs as you're defining it, okay? But more than that, I'd like to now talk about some simple things that I've learned uh, that can help you as a new or veteran PM uh, to try to make the job a little bit less insane uh, and a little more fun and focus. And these are very complex. This is nothing innovative or new, but these are things that I personally have found that have helped me rein in existential dread uh, and and different things that come up, uh, imposter syndrome, etc., which we'll talk about in future episodes, right? Uh, it, it, these are the things that have really helped me change my thinking around uh, this industry and this field in particular. So first, start running. 
I don't mean from your life choices. I mean physically. Start running. Three times a week at least. If you can't run, go walk. Touch grass, as the, as the cool kids say. There is nothing that clears your head like overexerting yourself, and there's no better feeling than dialing that back so that you don't overexert yourself to find your pace and where you can feel good while keeping your head clear. Can you give five minutes, ten minutes, an hour? It doesn't matter. The, the point is, in order to be effective and not get burnout, you have to get out from behind your desk and move. I know how generic that is and how you're probably rolling your eyes right now, but that's the reality. I'm sorry. It, that is the truth. Okay. And these things all kind of tie together, so we'll come back to this in a second. So the second point that I'll make uh, is to focus time and effort onto doing your core responsibilities, of course. But there needs to be almost an even split, in my opinion, between focusing on those things and focusing on building relationships in your organization at every level, every level that you can access. Uh, you know, gurus of today will say that a PM is the center of this, you know, metaphorical hub and spoke wheel that moves our businesses forward. But the reality is that the team is the center and they are the ones that build the hubs and the spokes. And you are simply a part of the team. You're not the center of the universe. And people that say, you know, well, you, you must be in order to be effective. Well, the people that have said that, I'm not going to name names, but the people who have said that, that are well-known in the industry, that I looked up to for a very long time and still do, but this is just something I disagree with, that say, you know, you have to be the one doing everything, are simply wrong. And the anecdotal examples that these people tend to use are... Uh, fang organizations and high-performing organizations and guess what that worked for a very long time but if you go out into the real world and you look at uh, people that aren't product managers or aren't involved in product coaching and you ask them just generically ask them hey uh, pms are useless what do you think look at the responses that you'll get and it's because pms simply are taking on too much too much and so where, where I think we need to get back to grassroots on is this idea that you, in essence, are a conductor, as I mentioned before, but you cannot conduct anything unless you have relationships with the people that you're working with every day. You need to foster development of your team, in other words, okay? You cannot work 120 hours and be effective, and yet we still see this notion prevalent across the internet. It drives me nuts. Okay, PMs are meant to feel like they have to be one-man mercenary teams. And just stop it with this nonsense. Okay, build up your team around you, make clear defined roles and responsibilities, have clear as clear communication as possible, or at least be accessible and transparent. Okay, and then leverage that team. Build up trust to ensure that you're all aligned so that you don't have to feel like you have to do everything yourself. So remember, if we were in show business we'd be executive producers of the show at best. Step back, okay? Our job is in the wings, not center stage. Okay. And last, uh, stay focused on just what is right in front of you for the next quarter, let's say. 
It could be an arbitrary amount, but I, I find to be the next quarter effective. You know, one thing that I also find insane that kind of drives me nuts is this idea that we can try and project out past three months, particularly at a startup, let alone a startup in this economic market, right? You can absolutely do your best, and you should, uh, but it should be noted that past the current release that you're actively in and the one that's coming up, um, the, the rest is just a set of ambitions. Uh, they're subject to change, and they're as solid as smoke, okay? So if you limit to what you're focusing on, it becomes pretty obvious what you need to do day in and day out. And that's not that easy for PMs to answer, is what should I be doing today, right? Um, so if you can figure out a way to, to focus, find out what is most important to you getting your core tasks done, um, and limit what those are, you can find your signals in the noise pretty quickly. And if your company is very noisy, right, um, or you have a ton of stakeholders or what have you, tight deadlines, etc., then know that, um, it's fine to indulge in that noise, Right, make people feel heard, and because they are worthy of being heard, but understand that the level of tension that you give most things will inevitably need to fall far below what is right in front of you right now. And the last thing I would say is that, you know, we are also tasked with being key negotiators. Right, what gets in, what doesn't go in, what should we do, what should we never do? Those kinds of conversations, right? what's effective to the business, etc. I think it's important, though, that we also spend time negotiating on behalf of the delivery team to a degree, not as a project manager, as a product manager, to set realistic deadlines uh, with your leadership. Uh, because if you set unrealistic unreal- deadlines, you end up being on a death march nonstop. And it makes you burn out quickly. It makes people ineffective. And that's just the reality of things. Uh, I'm of the opinion that you can be first to market and still fail, dramatically. Uh, You want to be slow and steady. Consistency is what VCs care about. Consistency, if you ever want to be public, that's what people care about. Not how fast did you get this thing out the door. Because if it comes out the door and it falls apart, who gives a shit, right? Okay? So... That'll do it for today's episode. I hope you found it interesting. Maybe you learned something. Hope, hopefully, if you're in, in the role right now, you felt seen <laughs> to a degree. Either way, I hope you took something from it. Uh, until next time, thank you for your time, and be good to one another. Bye.